Oh, I've got to undo my trousers. I've already undone mine. Oh, lovely. Oh, God. I honestly... My stomach is still doing... Oh, no. Many Gina needs a poo. Needs a poo. No, I didn't. It didn't Gina need to in the end. It was just a few <laughs> portions of gas. Did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not portions. That's disgusting. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Individually wrapped. Did you do the? Oh, did you get your bum high? High? <laughs> what do you mean? So you get the portions of gas out. How, well, it depends on the initial position. So if you're in the loo, what you do is you kneel on. We've already done this on the podcast. I swear. No, I, I, you know, my standard is I lie on my stomach. Yeah, but that's can't. This, this is better. Here. What with your ass in the air. Mum. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, slight sort of crowning can help. No, just put the loo seat down, kneel on the loo. Why is the loo seat up? Oh, oh, the the, the lid. The lid. The yeah, lid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, sorry, loo lid. Put then the loo, you kneel on the loo lid. So facing the wall, <laughs> facing the system. No, no, no. no. Face, face the door, kneel on the loo. I haven't finished. How are you <laughs> kneeling? Just kneel on it. <laughs> but that means you're, all of your legs are on it. Yeah, no, you've got to be facing the wall. And then you put... No, you, I've done it. You kneel... Bear with me. Okay. You put your oh. hands on the floor. What? <laughs> Towards the door. What? And then you sort of... Imagine if you were doing a press-up and you bring your chest down like a, like a frog. <laughs> so your, knee, your knees are kneeling on the Lucy, on the Lulid, and with your bum... On them with your chest on the floor on your hands. Wow. Okay, ladies, it works. One I will thing show. I would like to say before you even show me, I'm. Sh- I believe you, but you wouldn't want to do that in say. I did it in Wagamama's. <laughs> <laughs> before you say Wagamama's. <laughs> A is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy, clams and clogs. D for doggy doos. T is easy. F for flange. E for gannon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. K is kooky. L for lads. Margaret ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for mummy. N for knock knock. Who's there? Pee pee hoo. Here come Q R S T U for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Baglioni. Zip zucchini. Zoo and zoo and zeppelin too. The alphabet is really cool. All right, let's begin with lesbians. The lesbian sounds a bit like lesbian. Actually, what I used to think, I remember telling everyone what a lesbian was when I was a child, maybe about four, five. No, at all. I remember very clearly saying um, it's G L E S B I N. Because it has a silent G at the beginning. Why did you say that? Did you know it was... I just thought that's what it was. Oh. Galesbian. So my mum <laughs> says galesbian now. Because of you. But if it was because a silent of, yes. Because <laughs> of you. <laughs> well, I thought I'd start us off by just doing a little bit about Sappho, because obviously she's, you know... Mm. Mm. Yes, exactly. My parents... Mm. Or my dad, <laughs> when my dad and my mum... Maybe he moved in together. I can't remember. My dad had a cat called Sappho. Did he? Yeah. What was she like? I think she was lovely. <laughs> well, I've heard a lot about Sappho. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so I'll take you back. So lesbian literally means resident of the Isle of Lesbos, which is where Sappho was hanging out. And 
because she lived there, that's why it's it's come to mean woman who is romantically attracted to another woman. So it's all down to her. And she was a poet kicking around at about 600 BC. Does that sound right, Gina? You're better at this stuff than me. That does sound right. Yes. Yep. Great. Yep. Also, she's where we get the term sapphic from, ofs, which was around a lot longer before the word lesbian, which lesbian only started being a word in, I think it was like the late 1800s, which I, you know, I was a bit surprised about. I definitely heard lesbian before I heard sapphic, though. Yeah, I think. Well, I suppose they're the same thing. The reference is the same if it's sapphic or lesbian. Yeah. Because there must be another word that's unrelated to sappho or lesbos. Yes, many. I guess gay. No. Yeah, gay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And obviously dyke. Which comes from the Netherlands? I will get get onto that after we've gone into sappho, but I did a bit of research into dyke because I just think it's a really interesting, funny word. And a great word. I love the word dyke. But what's interesting about sappho that I didn't know, because I'm a huge fan, but (laughs) really, I truly am. Um, But her sexuality is actually quite up for debate. It's not like a dead cert that she was a lesbian. There's been a lot of chat about her being bi, but particularly around the 1700s, a lot of male historians, classic, um, were convinced that she was straight and spreading that around a lot. Boring, movie yeah. killer. And there's this theory that she killed herself by jumping off a cliff because she fell in love with a fisherman called Phaon. Mm. But that's been... what. Sorry, <laughs> nodding avidly at me. That's been widely discredited because people think they actually added that on much later to basically align with views that she was straight. And there's no evidence of this. The evidence is that she lived quite a long and happy life. Um, they also did that to another female poet who I think had maybe slightly ambiguous sexuality. I can't remember her name, but they said the same thing, that she jumped off the same cliff. No. Yeah, (laughs) so clearly it's just like, shove them in. And it was kind of this, it's something where it's a bit like, it's almost taking the piss of being like, oh, you think, you know, this famous, the 10th muse, you know, and she's she's gay. Well, how ironic that she killed herself because she was in love with a man, Mm. from unrequited love from a man, which is just... God, that's a real fuckery isn't it because it's just like silencing well that is a theme i would say throughout lesbian history which is a lot of what i've got in here because there's not been so much stuff about actively making a big hoo-ha about making things illegal or anything like that it's always been about like silencing and removing it from sight which is what gay men haven't struggled with they've had a very different journey that's equally or really awful but it was very interesting doing this research to see how I had no idea how squashed mm. we've been. But anyway, back to the good old Sappho. She released about nine volumes of work, released back in the old Greek days. Release the works! <laughs> Release the works! Lower the globe! But only 650 lines survive. And later legends claim that her works were purposefully destroyed by the medieval church to suppress lesbian love poetry. And there is evidence that Pope Gregory VII ordered her works burnt. But also, long before that time, a lot of it had just been lost because it wasn't translated properly and not copied. So there's a kind of bit of both going on Mm. there, I think. But obviously, if they're being burnt for those reasons, one would assume she was gay as the day is long. Yeah. Or at least by. Yeah, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Also, another interesting thing. So... Lesbos, aside from Sappho, like Lesbos was quite a kind of sexually liberated, fun 
sotty land. Not just because of Sappho, but it was mainly famous for blowjobs. Oh. Yeah, and the Greek... <laughs> yeah, get this. And the Greek verb <laughs> lesbiazine means to fillate. Really? What yeah. in the world? Yeah. How intriguing. Which is so lesbias in you. But yeah, I was a bit like, oh. Surprise. What, you feel like it's halved the, the weight of the word? Yeah, well, I just feel like I always had this image of lesbos just being full of fannies. <laughs> okay, let's not diminish women to their genitalia. I think let's. <laughs> okay, As she takes a swig of her beer. <laughs> I think let's. <laughs> okay, so you've got this island full of fannies and everyone's having a really nice time. There's lots of music playing and poetry being written and it's and then it's like, oh, and this is where the whole concept of lesbianism yeah. like was first recorded because obviously we go way back, but it's just not recorded at all. But no, now it's like, oh, the lesbian island is famous for blowjobs. But you know what? I understand your point, but... I didn't know that. Jelly didn't know that. I true. don't think anyone so I know cut, knows that. Maybe we should cut it and not let it get into the world. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think what you should take a cheer from is that <laughs> is that the word lesbian is is the one that people remembered. Oh, all right, yeah. Thanks, Gina. That's all right. That's nice. There were some other good words as well. So up until the end of the 19th century, the most common words for lesbians was the Greek um, tribades, tribades, oh, yeah. tribades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, familiar with that know. one? Do you know that one, Gina? Never heard Tri- of it. Maybe tribades, tribades. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think the more you say stupid it. words in my... Tribades. Hakuna, <laughs> tribades. Um, which means rubbers. Oh. Um, and the words rubster and fricatrice, which were used... Rubster? Rubster, yeah. Which Give were that used in the rubster. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny to fanny, funk to funky. And that was used most <laughs> mostly in the 17th century. Well, as in it was used to, like, seriously, give that be a like, rubster. No, no, it'd be like, she, she's a rubster. Oh. She's <laughs> a rubster. After all. <laughs> Sorry. So rubster's another word for lesbian. For lesbian. Yeah, and fricatrice and dribbles. No, fricatrice <laughs> I like. Rubster, I don't want anyone calling me a rubster. Yeah. But do you want anyone doing a rubster? Sure. 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 <laughs> no, but yeah, fricatrice. Ooh, put that in your rubster and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> right, so dyke, back on the dyke. Oh, yeah. But does it have anything to do with the like the thing of, bit of a dyke, as in a... Well. Well. <laughs> Not quite a well. <laughs> More of a ditch. So basically dyke comes from bull dyke, and both are quite vague in where they even come from. So yeah, bull dyke's... Like traditionally, in the sense of the word, is just like a, a really butch presenting like dog, lesbian. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> but a bulldog isn't just a butch presenting. No, it's not dog. a bulldog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you let me have it then? I was trying to be kind. <laughs> but there's theories about bulldog, which are quite interesting. So obviously, okay. So this is the one that's about late 19th century use like slang of dyke for ditch and then that would be like the vulva and then bull is the kind of masculine word and aggressive so a bull dyke it would basically be like masculine lady junk also it was a term for stud bulls and originally applied to sexually successful men so there might be the idea of this like hyper masculine Mm. like the bull dyke so it's interesting that it was it was used to describe successful men there was also bull for bullshit and dyke for dick, so it means fake dick. 
Oh, that's cool. And then there's also that it was a dialectical corruption of the name of the rebel Celtic queen, Boudicca. Oh. oh. So those are the theories. Chic. God knows. It could have come out of anywhere, really. I feel like that, especially when we were growing up, was almost used as like a slur. Yeah, what, so dyke, bull dyke and dyke were both basically ways historically to say that you were like an unfeminine yeah, like, woman, lesbian, and therefore like lesser. Yeah. Like and still, still term. are, right? Like, no, I mean, dyke, if- so dyke has been reclaimed like massively. So, I mean, you could throw it at someone, but I just, I don't think it would have the same effect. But if you were called a dyke by a straight man, yeah, that would feel, I'm guessing, not like a... Yes, but in the same sense that I don't think I'd feel like particularly wounded by it because I would refer to myself and my gay friends as being dykes. I'd be like, yeah, oh, we're just a bunch of dykes. That's different though. If the use behind it isn't intended as pejorative, then it feels different. No, like, yeah, totally. As in, but in the same way that someone can throw something at you, like I could call us some bitches and a guy can call me a bitch and yeah. it'll fuck me off. But as in, I, I don't feel, to me personally, like someone calling me a dyke, I'll be like, well, you're obviously the world's biggest asshole, yeah. clearly. But as in, it's not, the idea of re- reclaiming something is that you basically, it's, it's able to bounce off yeah. a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Like you got, like the like dyke march is like a huge thing now for like lesbian pride. It's called a dyke march mm. to kind of offset that. Yeah, yeah. I remember it being such a thing at school. Yeah, and I feel like that even then was like a different time. Yeah. I mean, that's when everyone was chucking gay around as well. But yeah. That's so gay. Yeah. Yeah. Myself included. Obviously now I don't. No, <laughs> no, of course not. But isn't that isn't that funny? Yeah, like, yeah. It was part, nuts. partly because I was terrified of being gay, so I was Did like, you oh, used yeah. to throw that word around." Not so much. I think because I always knew I was gay. I definitely did. Everyone at school. I did. mean, I'm sure I said it, and being you know part of the shit part of the crew. But I think I was also like, "Did it feel dishonest?" That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I was partly saying it to try and be like, "See, I'm, I'm not, not that." Yeah. But that's a very easy excuse. I also just was an asshole. But so. also, like, as a kid, you do everything you can to fit in. That's like the yeah, entire that, thing. I don't think there's like, yeah, that, as you say, when you're a teenager, you're just speaking the language that yeah. everyone around yeah. you is speaking. It's just a way of communicating. Then if you get older and you realise, it's like, oh, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. That's when you determine whether or not you're an asshole. I think. When, whether you're choosing to still do that with the full knowledge that it's not okay. Yeah. Also, this is sad, I didn't realise... Again, what I kind of touched upon earlier about the illegality of male gayness and queerness is is much more, there's a lot more like jurisdiction around that as opposed to societal pressures. But it is illegal to be a lesbian or engage in lesbian activities. And I'm not talking about skateboarding and playing football. <laughs> um, in 41 countries still now. Yeah. So it is still, you know, there, there's an element of that. For sure. But um, yeah, in the UK, it's never been targeted by any legislation, except in 1921, they tried to bring it in in Parliament. What, to outlaw it? Yeah. Was it not just under the umbrella term of gay? No. So the laws are usually surrounding, like, it's because a lot of it's to do with, like, penetration or, like, gay sex, because it's all about, like, protecting the young and all this stuff, that... There were all these laws in place and it was only, I think it was about 1865 when they stopped, got rid of the death penalty for gay men in, in this country. Then it was replaced with 10 years in jail, but also you could be accused even if behind closed doors without a witness. Someone could just say, oh, well, I know they were having sex with a man and then they would get 
put in prison or like Oscar Wilde got like fished yeah. with like a blackmail like e- um, email <laughs> like letter like fishing for info and I think he responded and then ended up being oh my put God. in prison but presumably if it was reported on that two women would engaging in lesbian activity they also would have faced the same penalty no but this is what I'm saying about the because um, it just didn't exist well right so basically what happened when they tried to bring in this legislation in 1921 it didn't go through okay because House of Commons and the House of Lords rejected it because they thought that bringing a law in would draw attention to it and encourage women to explore homosexuality. And they also thought that like no one was really doing it. So it was kind of this idea that if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. Wow. Like Whereas thinking. with men, it that was to be talked about and to be like squashed, but it was like also yeah really like at the forefront. So and you also had it in the upper classes, obviously exactly like it is today. Like Parliament is just made up of poshos and they were absolutely adamant that like there was nothing of that ilk going on in like high society and that they, they were terrified that their wives or their daughters would end up gay if they knew that this even existed because obviously you'd only have you'd have to know that it existed for it to, to yeah. even occur to you yeah like whereas, propaganda exactly whereas in the lower classes it was actually it was happening but no one really spoke about it and like men knew about it but it was like no no one talked about it it was just kind of ignored but it was allowed to exist yeah. I think that's when all these sort of terms started coming in because obviously something was going on. That was 1921. And then I've got a few more uh, key dates in history. This one's bad. 1968, the American Classification of Mental Disorders lists homosexuality, and that's for women as well, as a mental disorder, which meant that many gay people in the UK would be subjected to conversion therapy because it's like it's a mental illness and that was only lifted from that list in 1992 what's the year you two were born yep not me not her oh shit (laughs) not me don't lump me in with marika she's 93 and also they still won't make conversion therapy illegal in the uk just fyi what as in do you mean that it's still being practiced yeah as in i don't think anyone there isn't like being a lesbian or being a gay guy like isn't on a list of mental illness so like practitioners wouldn't be under any guidelines to recommend conversion therapy but there's a lot of religions and smaller factions of people that would still practice conversion therapy in this country and it's allowed to happen but it's not happening on the NHS not on the not on the NHS right so 2002 was when um equal rights for adoption to same sex couples came in so gay and lesbian couples and also like single people were allowed to adopt children for the first time so 18th of november 2004 was when civvy peas were allowed yeah but actual marriage yeah i believe mm-hmm. was 2012 no fuck so civvy peas civil partnerships 2004 first one was actually 5th of december 2005 2008 same-sex couples were recognised as the legal parents of children conceived through the use of donated sperm, eggs or embryos. 2008. 2013. Oh, I was close. <laughs> I was going to say 13 and then I got clouded by the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, it was after the Olympics. Yes. That is nuts. That's when marriage came in and was allowed. But actually the first same-sex marriage took place on the 29th of March 2014. And you still can't get married in a church if you're gay? What? I'm on the Church of England website and it says the law prevents ministers of the Church of England from carrying out same-sex marriages and although there are no authorised services for blessing a same-sex civil marriage, your local church can still support you with prayer. Ew. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. What a big pile of poo. That's Lifton's in Mooden. Yeah. All I'm going to do now is to talk about a few types of lesbians and then, you know, wrap it up. So you've got your lipstick lesbian. Now, what's that one? So she's very... <laughs> now. She's very femme. It's like dresses, heels, makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it used to be a bit of a bottom, but that's kind of a whole different thing now. Bottoms and tops is like you're not defined by your silly stereotype. Also, these are silly stereotypes, but quite fun. Oh, Sarah Paulson's a good example of a lipstick lesbian. Is she a lipstick lesbian? Yeah. Interesting. She's pretty femme. Is See, she- I'm thinking of like... If Ellie Golding were gay. Yeah, me too. You know, I would actually call her a Soho lesbian slash a Hey Mama's lesbian. Oh my God, what are they? (laughs) Well, okay, so they are, um, or or she'd be like a sport lesbian, but like, (gasps) it's usually like a white kind of like masculine. This is if she's like, takes it a step further, potentially. But like, they've got long hair, they'll have it in like a top knot, they might have a little bit of an undercut and they'll wear athletic brands like Nike... Adidas, and they specialise in doing like TikTok thirst traps and a bit cringy, but kind of worth watching. Okay. That feels like Ellie Golding quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got like butchers, diesel dykes, okay. which are like... <laughs> so they're like, they're the really old school mask, like charming, super confident, probably have a motorbike. You know, the kind of things you, like Boo and Orange is the New Black, that kind of really oh, yeah, suave, yeah. like short hair, a lot of hair gel kind of vibe. Yeah. Then you've got a chapstick lesbian, which is kind of where I'd place myself. Well, that's different from lipstick. Chapstick, yeah, chapstick. Yeah. It's just lip balm, just okay. for the moistening. Okay, yeah. Not it's the... yeah, it's like the in between. So you're kind of you're basically like a bit tomboyish, a kind of soft butch, but you could kind of lean either way depending on how you're feeling each day. Like you might go into your slightly more feminine side, but you're not really taking on an edge end of like someone the... who didn't know any better could just think you were straight. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. There's always, I mean, that's just because my gaydar is out of control. You've got a very powerful gaydar. <laughs> it can span the globe. <laughs> then you've got your stone butchers and your pillow princesses. So stone butchers wouldn't let anyone touch them in the bedroom. They'd be doing all the work and pillow princesses would not be doing any work and be being um, served. Quick, crazy. Yeah. Some of these feel like... How do women have sex? Uh, yeah, I don't understand. What are we talking about? <laughs> no. Um, stone... Uh, who is that now? <laughs> Butch. Butch. Okay, Stone Butch. Yeah, and feels the Sundance like kid. they could that, that they could be Sorry. also be a a lipstick lesbian. So hang on, there no, are Venn no. diagrams here, it's, aren't there? You're probably more because like some are slightly more visual descriptions and some are more like um, behavioural descriptions. I wouldn't go so far into um, the who's nots, whys, and where's about okay, these because okay. they really are silly stereotypes. You're probably Speaking of, though, you're probably more likely to find a butch diesel dyke vibe being a stone butch and a femme more likely to be a pillow princess. That would be where the logic sits. Yeah. Gold stars. Haven't had sex with a dude. Oh, yeah. Um, What's a, but that's not like a stylistic vibe. No, but they're just the different types. They're yeah. different, like, think badges to put on your... You, you know, could have multiple have badges. Yeah, yeah, I think you could, so. You could be a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's brownies. Modern, it's a modern age. Also, they're not... <laughs> They're also not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, lesbians? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost. There's also East London lesbians, which isn't actually a technical one, but they do exist and they wear like all black and they obviously DJ in their part time and oh, they're yeah, kind of trendy yeah. and they maybe do a bit of skateboarding and yeah. probably play football. Um, so those are kind of like, just, it's just a cross section of like silly little stereotypes. But some of them... They go back a long time and were actually, I think, quite important for people to like have a feeling of 
where they fit within a certain world when you feel a bit out on the outside yeah belonging in your yeah. own so being like you know oh I am a lipstick lesbian like I am really feminine and maybe I also find lipstick lesbians really hot or like my type is like yeah. stone butchers yeah yeah you missed out my favourite one which one that you um, that you use quite a lot salty old sea dyke oh yes and that is actually the one that speaks to my heart the most I love a salty old sea dyke will you expand just a kind of like slightly jaded on the older end of the spectrum. They've been around the block. They wear Birkenstocks. They have like beans in their vegetable patch. Like <laughs> that's the vibe. And they just don't really give a shit. Mm. I hope to be one one day. Well, I think you're halfway there. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> give it two more years. For my L, which also I suppose we should say that this podcast is not promote gambling but <laughs> but i am a real are. sucker for the lottery me too so i thought <laughs> don't undo your trousers Let's do that as my l and to kick <gasps> to kick the game Ooh! off we all have to do a little scratch card oh, yes. jelly what will you do if i actually win this hundred thousand will you demand there's a hundred thousand up for grabs listeners what do we have to get Match three identical black amounts to win one of those amounts, or match three identical green amounts. Yeah, three ident- identical. Oh no, I've got five, a thousand, and a hundred. No, no, that's not. <laughs> oh, I got two twenties on one row. I got two green fifties, and then it, the last one was a five. How oh, mean is yeah. that? I got two thousand pounds in black. Did you really? Yeah. No, you didn't. I did. I got two You've black twenties. Won two thousand pounds. No, I haven't. I see. You. You got two thousand pounds <laughs> yeah yeah not, I've, I've won two thousand pounds <laughs> yeah i thought you were saying i've won two thousand. oh no pounds. yeah yeah so i just the the, the number a thousand came up twice on my card oh, oh if only imagine if well, guys i got one, one pound oh well done well Marie. Done. none of you gave a toot sorry, so sorry it was one pound well it cost me one pound so yeah you can pay that, that i'll have that or we pay it forward yeah let's do, do another another one of these doublers yeah 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 let's you buy know. another card with it yeah obviously now this is exactly where we get into trouble. Yeah, okay. I I had this on a flight once, on an EasyJet flight. You know, you can start gambling. Can you? Oh yes. Don't tell me that. They brought out on some, a flight. Yeah, they brought out some competition. We're talking 2011 here, so it's it's a while ago. But I was deep in the mix. Well, that's the thing that I find so hard about these things, like the Omaze House. Oh, prize, that one. Is that someone has to win it? Yeah. Yeah. And also it's that real sweet spot between having played and not having had the result where you're like, I could have just become a millionaire. I play such tricks on myself. I'm like, I actually go into, God, this is going to be really bad when I win because like it's going to (laughs) present so many complications. Yeah. Who am I going to tell? Am I going to tell anyone? Well, that's the thing. I know what you're thinking, Marika. Of course you tell me. (laughs) Come you on. would, you'd tell her. Yeah, but imagine how complicated it would be. Yeah, but it just give me half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, seventy five percent. Have you ever have either of you ever won anything on the lottery? No. No. But I did get twenty quid on a scratch card. Does did that you? count? That's... And it was a lotto one or whatever they're called, the yeah, national yeah, lottery. That counts. That's good. I've won free lucky dips before. Hmm? Which is quite a big feeling really, but <laughs> but so the premise of the lottery mm-hmm. that I think you probably both know, but you pick six numbers from one to 59 or you say lucky dip and it picks your numbers for you. And then you can play up to seven times per game. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just thinking of the times that I've 
always go for lucky dip and maybe I should be picking my own numbers? Well, I've got some interesting insight into picking your own numbers. But I also have six pounds left on my lottery account, which is two pounds each and it's two pounds a play. So we can play at the end of the episode. Yes, this could be the one because this, I mean, how amazing would that be if this was the one? Yeah. Oh my God, guys, we're going to be so rich. We're going to be so rich, I can't even think about it We are going to take this podcast to Saturn. Yeah, O2. (laughs) Or the O2. Yeah, the O2. We We can rent it ourselves. To pay people to go. (laughs) We'll just rent an empty O2. Yeah, but we need 20,000 people to come. So, (laughs) I think people would come for like five quid each. Maybe maybe a quid. (sighs) So... (laughs) They think that the origin of the word lottery comes from the Dutch lot, meaning fate, which we still use today, like drawing lots and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But there's evidence that a type of lottery-ish vibe existed long before the Dutch came up with that word, which was in the 15th century. And historians have traced a version of the lottery all the way back to the ancient Chinese Western Han Dynasty, which was a period of time around 200 years before the birth of Christ. So 400 years after Sappho. Yes. And how that manifested itself was similar to a modern gambling game that I hadn't ever come across called Keno or Keno, which now I realise after having done my research, the modern day game Keno is based on the game that originated out of China. And I'm going to be honest i couldn't really wrap my head around the rules even in modern day times but it's basically <laughs> okay you, you got modern numbers, day times num- numbers between 1 and 80 and 20 numbers are drawn at random and you get paid out based on how many of your numbers were chosen but like bingo no not like yeah bingo. it's similar to the, the, bingo it, it, it references bingo okay. as like a game that's akin to this game the, the cool thing about it is that it was called in English. I, I, I won't attempt to pronounce the Chinese. It's called a, like a lousy translation of it is the white pigeon game um, because it was played in bigger cities. And then white carrier pigeons were used to ferry the results out to like hamlets and smaller cities around, which is quite cool. Mm. And it was thought that part of the reason of coming up with some kind of game where you buy in to play was to fund part of the Great Wall of China, which still kind of is a vibe today, like that all the money that goes into the lottery gets used in various different pockets. Yeah. Like the National Heritage Lottery Fund or whatever it is funds loads of stuff. It's actually a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward, ancient Rome, which I like the sound of, the Roman elite (laughs) used to have draws after dinner parties, which had like lavish prizes that they all entered into and then because it was quite corrupt they all just won all the prizes. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds like a raffle. <laughs> yeah, that's more like that's a more bad raffling, raffle. Yeah. And then Caesar introduced a lottery where all the citizens of Rome could buy tickets and the prizes were a selection of whatever treasures the army had bought back from their latest <laughs> conquest. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that bananas? But again, some of the proceeds of the lottery were used to fund like building new spaces for Roman people to enjoy and upkeep of like public streets and that kind of stuff so there's kind of a through line of it the money put being put in being used sometimes for good just with the incentive of the spoils of war yeah just with the incentive of the spoils of war booty sorry 
<laughs> don't need to talk about my booty. Booty. Yeah, oh, booty. Booty. Arr. There's a lot of evidence of countries or cities holding lotteries to raise funds to go to war with other countries, which I think is just quite interesting. So in England, well, the national lottery started in 1994, but the first kind of documented example of a sort of lottery was drawn by Queen Lizzie the First herself in 1567. And because England was looking to expand its ports and markets around the world and it was spending a fucking fortune on building ships and ports and all that kind of crap, they held a lottery to raise the money to make those costs happen. And what was the prize? Well, tickets were 10 shillings each, which uh, was like way out of budget for your average English person. But to encourage as many people as possible to buy tickets, all ticket holders were promised freedom from arrest for all crimes other than murder, felony, piracy or treason. So you could do whatever the fuck you wanted so long as you bought a lottery ticket, basically. Wait, Um, what does that leave, though? Theft? Oh, loads of stuff. Does that leave rape? Rape. It leaves leaves everything other than those big four. The lottery is bad, bad, bad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's... I'm regretting. But you could win (laughs) £5,000. That's a lot of money, then. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. I've written pounds, but I guess it wouldn't have been pounds. It would have been... Shillings? (laughs) Crikey. Yeah. Whoever won that was paid partially in money and partially in plate, tapestries and good linen cloth. Well, fabric was expensive. (laughs) It bloody was. Valuable stuff. But yeah, the first, what we know as the lottery, took place in 1994, which is the birth year of who? Jelly. You. Yes. With a television programme presented by Noel Edmonds. Whoa. And seven jackpot winners shared a prize of £5 million. It's not too shabby. Not at all. The highest prize ever won by a UK ticket holder was on the Euro Millions. I remember this happening because it wasn't that long ago. And they won £195 million. Mm. But the person remained anonymous. Which Good. You would. You yeah. would, yeah. Although Good. you'd be surprised at how many people don't. More I people can't don't believe do. how many people don't. Most don't, I would what say. What are they thinking? I know. People do like a little bit of attention. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and money. Famous. And that's just the, this, this, the two combined. Now yeah. I'm rich and somewhat famous. And this is, yeah. you know, Ben and Sue who live in X town and now you can go and haunt them outside their house because you know they've got yeah. X million. Well, you would. Apparently people get people who they knew like 15 years ago coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, by the way, like my mum's in hospital at the moment. Could you just yeah. kind of vibes? So that's why you just maybe wouldn't say. Not that I don't want to help. I mean, obviously it, it <laughs> would spread like wildfire. <laughs> no, you want to keep it on the DL. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to be paying extra money for security. Well, exactly. But apparently a lot of people immediately share the funds with friends, family. Yeah. Like, but where that, do Gina? You, yeah, no, I hear it. I hear it. Don't worry. I've done my calculations. <laughs> but where does it end? Well, exactly. Tell me where the line and is. And it depends on how much you win. Yeah. The highest amount to have ever been won on the lottery. Yeah. Do you want to have a guess? 500 million. Bigger. Oh, 724 million. Bigger. 900 million. Bigger. A billion. Bigger. 
Two billion. Yes, a man in what? California won two billion dollars. That's insane. Yeah. How did it get that far? I'm not sure. And one man in the UK called George has won it twice. <gasps> yeah, he That's won a greedy. He won a milli the first time round. What did he win the second time? 160,000. Two years later. Oh, he can okay. keep that to himself. I think if you win 1.16 million, you can just keep your money. You don't have to give it away. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still quite lucky. Oh, very lucky, but still nice to you give know, a friend. Take, take, you know, take your friend out to dinner, perhaps. <laughs> maybe, maybe a hundred k. I think that's pushing it. Yeah, maybe would 50. you? If you want a million, how much would you give away? Not much. That'd be a nice thing to sit on. Yeah. To really be comfortable. I like, probably, I'd comfortable. probably give you both like five grand. Yeah, that's nice. Just yeah. you two. No yeah. one else listening. <laughs> yeah, the lottery has made th- this is actually less than I would have thought but 6,800 people millionaires but when you break that down that's roughly seven people becoming a millionaire a week off the back of the lottery which sounds like a lot oh yeah Wait, what since when 94 I think since it started yeah oh I guess that makes sense the one that is by far the most attractive game for me to play is the set for life one which is where you are in with a chance of winning. It's the same vibe. You play numbers. Oh, but you get like 10 grand a month. 10 grand a month for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Crazy, but a lot... I mean, maybe it's not crazy, but a lot of lottery women... Women? (laughs) Winners. Don't realise that they've bought the winning ticket because either they don't check, but you get an email, so I don't really know. Maybe it goes to their spam or something? No, because I buy lottery tickets in the shop and I don't have to give any of my contact details to buy one. That might be the case if you have, like, an account. Yes, which I do. But I have thought that in one of my reveries about having one and the stress of that. And sometimes I'm like, it's pinned up there, but what if I just forget about it? And then in two weeks time I'm like <gasps> well there is you have you have quite a long time to claim it I think it's like six six months or more oh great but in 2017 as much as 2.89 billion went unclaimed <gasps> in, in cumulative is... lottery winnings not just one big but blob. still but but one UK player won 63 million and no one stepped forward to claim the prize so they gave oh, it they gave it to a charity that's gruesome oh I thought they've just rolled over must be one does roll over but then it gets to a point must be one's the one to play because it means you have a higher chance of winning oh because there is no rollover because it rollovers sorry it, <laughs> it, it rollovers you, so you have your starting jackpot which is jackpot oh my god which is often like two milli yeah then it rolls over then you have a double rollover then you have a triple rollover then you have a quadruple rollover and then it can't roll over anymore so it must be one which means that when no one wins the jackpot by mi- matching six numbers, there's a roll down, which means the jackpot is shared by players matching two or more numbers. So you could win, wow, like a hundred and ninety million pounds by just having two numbers rather than the six. But it's more likely to be diluted because you're more likely to be sharing it with other people. Yeah, yep, right. yep, 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 yep. So every time it goes to must be one, ladies, you got to play. <laughs> okay, got you. You got to play. And also the the rules of it are that if you get all the numbers, you get the jackpot. Why can't I say that? Jackpot <laughs> every time. Jackpot. 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 Five main numbers, a milli, and then it just goes down from there. So really, you're, you're looking at you're wanting to, to win five main numbers or more for something substantial. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
the most drawn numbers ever, the most numbers that are drawn the most often are 23, 40, 38, 33, 30 and 25. Interesting. Can you just repeat them one more time, please? <laughs> Is there, are those selected by people? Or sorry, most those drawn. Are those the like most drawn. Frequently winning ones. Yeah. But that if you are playing, apparently it's good advice to avoid numbers less than 30 because a lot of people go for their birthdays and no month has more than 31 days. So 32 and over are less likely for people to play. So if they get drawn, you get a higher percentage of the money because you're sharing it with less people. Interesting. And then the last thing that's quite funny is is the 13 most outrageous purchases made by lottery winners. It's actually quite sad because they also seem to end up going broke. I do. But I like this one. Debbie Mather set up her own fireworks factory. <sighs> Legend. Sarah Cock. <laughs> Cockings. <laughs> 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 boob jobs for her and her sisters. Aww. How many? Uh, sisters. I think she had two sisters. Yeah. She won four million, and the first thing she did was pay for plastic surgery for her and her two sisters. Hmm. Uh, Keith Goff bought. <laughs> 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 Sorry? <laughs> Keith Goff. Goth. 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 <laughs> what, like, Is that what G- you like G-O-U-G-H? Yeah, yeah. Goth. 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 He bought a racehorse. David Copeland bought land on the moon. These are all men. Oh, you oh, can no, buy land on the moon for a hundred Oh, but there was quid. one. Oh, this one I really like. Greta and Tony Dodd bought brand new knees. Greta oh. and Tony Dodd won four, 3.4 million and decided to buy new knees. The two loved to dance but were suffering from joint problems. That, that'll be you when you win yeah. yours. Exactly. Grosser um, and Tony Dodd. Bless them. Power to you. Lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Lies. They're everywhere. Apparently, we each tell an average of one to two lies every day. What? Does that surprise you? Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't surprise me. You're a filthy liar. That doesn't surprise well, me. Well, a white lie... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think if you start to think about what the word lie can mean, it becomes quickly quite unsurprising that okay. we lie an average of one to two times a day. Yeah. And apparently we're lied to or we kind of hear lies more like 200 times a day. Wow, but, that's a lot more than I... What, so when people are being like... But but that could mean you're so nice. But that's meeting. But that could mean hundred people. Anything from someone you saying, "Oh hi Tony Dodd, how are you?" <laughs> and Tony goes, "Oh I'm good, thanks," because he's he knows good. that you don't have time right. to hear that he's About not his good. Knees. But it could mm. potentially. I don't know the full breakdown of how they counted what all those lies are, but it could mean lied to in advertising. You know, like a an advert that a hundred percent British beef. that was a good one wasn't it wait what was that that mcdonald's said that their burgers were made from 100 percent british beef but they actually just bought the meat from a company called 100 percent british beef oh my god did they well i don't that was a rumor that went round that i think i have from my brother so that That sounds also like a brotherly lie yeah and that they put the gherkin in to make stop the burger from being a pudding because it's so sugary sugar oh yeah there was the big the big vegan lie recently that was all over splashed all over Whoa, the newspapers what was the vegan that like I can't remember the percentage but a formidable no well a fairly large percentage of all vegan foods that are sold like in supermarkets aren't vegan <gasps> in what sense they've got like milk they've got a bit of something, something in there yeah, yeah. Oof, I've had my suspicions mm. 
Anyway, so yes, lying, it's a pretty serious thing to be accused of. And if you call someone a liar, it really kind of undermines them. I feel like we said this about something else in an episode. If you say to someone, it's like saying, oh, chill out. And it completely dictates the reaction of that person. If you say you're a liar and someone goes, no, I'm not. Anyone listening to that, like it, you've you've kind of... You fucked yourself. Ta- you've, no, you fucked them. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> when you call someone a liar, you've, yeah. like, you've pulled their trousers down, basically, even if they're not how, a liar. Because you can't... There's no comeback. Because if yeah, you yeah, say, I'm, because not, if you yeah, I'm just, not, you yeah. sound like you're a liar. Yeah. Yeah, that's if, what I meant by you fucked yourself. So um, did you know that the word liar is banned in the House of Commons? It's on a list of um, unparliamentary mm. language. Which... Is that why all the politicians just lie all the time then? No, I think it's banned because they are all liars. <laughs> um, Zing. There are other... It, it's one of many words that are uh, banned. <laughs> so I'm just... Someone's lost their place on the paper. No. I've got these words, some other words that are also banned, just by the by, in the House of Commons are git, gutter snipe, wart and tart. Just bear that in I'm mind. I'm four for four. I think wart should be allowed As in, I'm all four of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes, it's a bad thing to be accused of. Yeah. But... It is. That I... is... I'm going to just <laughs> steamroll over what yeah. you're saying there. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> it's not so straightforward. It's not so black and white. There are lots of different reasons for lying. And actually, I think, or what I've gathered is the great majority of lies that we tell are kind of social glue and they're actually they come from a good place or they they're they're trying to fix something Mm. yeah make someone feel better Mm -hmm. so these are the different reasons we might lie we could be protecting other people's feelings and that's as i say probably the most common one we could be protecting our own feelings and trying to avoid a sense of shame or embarrassment we can be trying to take control of a situation and something that people probably you might be thinking already compulsive liars pathological liars what's that about because it's seemingly they seem so random the lies that pathological liars tell and they seem so outlandish that it's obvious that they're lies so what's the purpose of these lies if people almost know that they're not going to get away with what they're lying about there's quite an interesting example in a book that I read the book is called the Examined Life by an, a psychoanalyst called Stephen Gross. And each chapter was a client that he had as a psychoanalyst. And he had this patient who was a pathological liar. The patient came to him and said, I'm a pathological liar. I need your help. And they started unpacking stuff. And the, the guy told him he tells these outlandish lies, things that just couldn't be true. They just yeah. could not possibly be true. And so the psychoanalyst kind of reached the conclusion that he was telling these lies because it was a way of almost testing the person that he's lying to, saying, I'm going to test you and see if you're going to be silent about this or if you're going to challenge me on it or if you're going to keep my secret that I'm lying to you. Interesting. And as he was like, so why is he doing that? What is the function of him kind of silencing these people he's lying to? They went deeper into his memories and he had, as a child like from the age of two, wet the bed. And when he would wet the bed, he would scrunch up his bedclothes and kind of hide them in a ball. And then the following night, he'd go to bed and his bed was fresh sheets, clean pyjamas. And he knew that his mum had come and cleaned the bed and never dressed 
the issue with him, never went up to him and said, I know you're wetting the bed. And so when his mother died, he kind of longed for this silent, I don't know if the word is complicity, but it's this kind of secret conversation where the two people know that this thing is happening, but they're not going to talk about it and no one else has to know about it. And so basically the psychoanalyst kind of reached the conclusion that this guy lies to people because he's craving that closeness. It's a feeling of like a bond with someone. Mm. Wow, how fascinating. Which I thought that was kind of interesting. So sweet. Yeah, it was so <laughs> touching. <laughs> Something I was interested in is whether animals lie. And it seems that they can engage in acts of deception. So yeah. a really sweet example I like is that crows, apparently, they have this habit of caching their food. That's just something that they do. They hide it in places. But studies have shown that crows will hide their food, pretend to hide it in places that they're not actually hiding it if they know that other crows are watching them. Amazing. Oh, yes. So oh, I love crows. Yeah, it seems that they are capable of deception, but being actively setting out to lie yeah. depends on you having something that the professionals call theory of mind. And theory of mind is the ability to act based on how you anticipate the beliefs, desires and actions of others. And it's just very much still debated the extent to which any animals can have theory of mind. So I think they think primates have it to an extent and perhaps dogs. um, I feel like dogs have got a whiff of that. But there's something I've forgotten what the term was. It's almost adjacent to theory of mind. But instead of the ability to kind of anticipate your beliefs, they're more just observing your behaviour. Right. So it's slightly different. So it can still be manipulative, but it might not be lying. Mm. Yeah. With the crow's example, that is a kind of manipulation. Yeah. But it's slightly more in the present moment. They're just aware of being watched. Yeah. And so they're like, I'm going to misdirect you now. But it's less, I will go over here. I will wait until that crow is watching me. Yeah. And then I will do this thing. Yeah. And it would probably be rooted in some kind of evolutionary yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Like as in, because if your food gets stolen, they probably learnt that if someone's a watching. Yeah, exactly. To Just, yeah. Do you think you are good at spotting a liar, either of you? Depends how good they are. And depends on how well you know the person. Well, yeah. that's a very good point, Jelly, because you've probably heard of a few of the famous kind of ticks to look out for in a liar. So classics are like avoiding eye contact, sweating touching your nose yeah so Looking one of down. the one of the examples is <laughs> sorry <laughs> bless you classic aversion yes yeah, sneezing <laughs> <laughs> one of them is twirling your hair touching your face apparently touching your face is a pacifier so Sounds it's kind like of flirting I, do, I touch my face a lot so do i but apparently it's pacifying so that might you might do that because you're feeling a bit anxious or uncomfortable. Oh, that sounds more right. But that's also what someone who's lying might feel. So you might be touching your face, you could be swallowing, you could be yawning, your rate <gasps> of breathing could change, you could be blinking at a faster rate. But the most important thing before you st- like try to observe these things as a way of finding out if someone's lying, you have to establish the baseline behaviour of that person. It's much easier to know if someone's lying if you know how their face normally kind of moves in conversation. And it's not as easy as just assuming because someone has averted their eyes when you've asked them a question as saying that they're a liar because that just might be how they move their face. And also someone who 
really believes the lie that they're telling, if they think they're telling the truth, they're very unlikely to display any unusual physical habits at all. Yeah. The fact is, ladies, research overwhelmingly has shown across all the different websites and podcasts that I listen to for this, that our accuracy in distinguishing truth from lies is only 53%. Oh, wow. So it's basically as good as flipping a coin. And what is interesting is it seems that when you remove the visual cues, we're actually better at detecting lies. So there was this study done by Professor Richard Wiseman, (laughs) I think. Liar! (laughs) In, uh, I think this was in the noughties, but he did this experiment where uh, it was on the BBC and they got, I've forgotten who it was now, but someone quite well known who volunteered to do this, he knew what he was doing, to come on the telly and tell some truths and some untruths. And then they got the public to vote on what they thought was true and untrue. Yeah. And... On the video version, so like when it was actually on television, the results were roughly 50%. But then they did a transcript of his conversation and they also did an audio recording for for radio. And the results in both instances were much higher for people detecting when he was lying. Mm. And so verbal signals that could indicate a lie include hesitation, dropping of detail, dropping of the words me, my and I. And basically it's because lying is cognitively difficult. So you have to think harder when you're lying. So you are more likely to pause. There could be a bigger gap between the question being asked and you beginning to answer it. And we're apparently a lot more used to kind of controlling our body language and we think about it more frequently than we think about how we speak. So we know more how to manipulate our body to seem like we're not lying but we don't really know how to control our voice to do that yeah so that's why it becomes more apparent Mm. golly i was trying to think of like last time i lied and kind of got into thinking what are the most common lies if we're all lying all the time yeah these are a few i wonder if there are any that you'd like to add these are the ones that i came up with alcohol intake when you're at the doctor. Oh my God. So it's like, Uh, how many units do you drink per week? Yeah, I always lie. Has anyone ever answered that? No. Honestly. I don't know how many units I drink per week. No, No, I don't, but I know what I I say. I know it's more than whatever. I always say like what I supposedly drink in a week, as in in terms of pints or wines. So I'll be like, oh, well, I don't know about units, but like maybe I have like maybe like four four pints a week. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Boulder dash. What? <laughs> yeah, and the same with cigarettes as well. I guess that's the, it's, it'd be like how many cigarettes do you smoke? And it's like oh, just maybe like one with every pint. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, it's you're doing it. We do that because we're trying to kind of preserve this image of ourselves. But why? Because what do we care what the doctor thinks of us? I don't want to be told off though, and they always tell you off. Everyone tells you off, like the dentists, the doctors. <laughs> The gynecologist. My mum. <laughs> so, Why yes. is the gynecologist telling you off? For smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it should not be doing that. <laughs> Other lies. Um, always lie at the hairdresser. Oh, oh. So, what about what? yeah, it looks oh, yeah, great. Like, I'm just gonna, so if you just want to oh, hold God, this, then yeah. I'll swizzle around the chair and you For can. For a start, you so don't know how to do that. Back. Very confusing. 
what, they never ask, what do you think? They'll just say, do you want to have a look at the back? First of all, I never want to look at the back, but no. I will always say, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Look at the back. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. I'm sorry, but you never come out of the hairdresser feeling like, yes, I look great. I think some people do. I just think I'm not one of those people. I am not one of those people. I've never I had ever it, liked I've a had it like t- twice. Really? Yeah. That's good going. So. I have zero. But that's I yeah, have a, a lot of haircuts. They always look awful on me. Same. Always. But you know what? We don't have no shade. Uh, no shade. I'm sorry to pull you down no, into I know my what you're gonna bunker. Say, and I agree. But we don't have like... Um, sort of sleek blow dry hair. No. So our hair isn't um, doesn't lend itself to a great new haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. I, think, I would put myself in that bracket. Yeah, but you have gone for some more. I guess you've had a variety of haircuts over the years. I really have. And you've really gone for some like <laughs> shapes. So, so like I've gone kind of funky. You've you've had some haircuts. I've but I think Jenny and I had some haircuts. I have had some haircuts. I it's don't true. want to speak on your behalf, but I feel no, like you and I do. are very much trim girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trim sisters. The trim. The trim trims. The trimettes. <laughs> the trim trims. So, yeah, hairdressers. <laughs> but I would like to highlight, we did a little shout out on our socials for this one. Mm, socials. I asked all of you, all five million of you, oh, yeah. if you had any good lies. And lie. I here's one I really enjoyed. As I promised, these will remain anonymous. But one listener told me that I went vegetarian at the age of 10. My mum told me she thought a growing child needs protein to grow, but respected my wishes and cooked me a vegetarian version of each family meal in my own pan and letting me buy packets of corn mints at the supermarket to do so. At a school disco three months later, the smell of Frankfurter hot dogs were too much to resist. I ate one followed by six more. (laughs) I realised my mum was right and my body had been craving meat. When I got home and told her, she smiled and revealed that she had been faking the vegetarian meals the whole time, just putting a portion of the family's meal in a small pan for me. Oh, my lord. What do we think of that? Love it. I think that was a cracking lie. I think it's great. That's so funny, isn't it? It's, um, I think, a common theme from, from a lot that we got and just you know, from talking to friends is that when you're a kid, your parents will lie yeah. quite willy-nilly to you. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's an easier choice at times for them. Yeah. As parents. It must be exhausting having a kid with all their own whims. Yeah. My mum doesn't really remember this, but I asked her what what happens if you drive in the middle of the road and she said, you have to swap cars with someone else. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> and I found that such a horrifying thought. I was like, what, with all your bits in your car, you just got to swap them. But she must have just said that so unthinkingly yeah. as just a way of shutting down the conversation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Jenny, I feel like you might have a lie to share with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in um, fact, you mentioned that you did. I did, yeah. Well, it's now I'm regretting. No. But I remember telling a lie at school, which maybe maybe ties in with your topic Marika where maybe I was just telling the lie because I was scared okay I felt like I should be doing the thing that I was doing but I remember when I was like 13 I've never come clean about this I had kite surfing lessons cool and my instructor was a boy called Lewis I at the time I thought he was very handsome he was must be like 16 I remember going back to school and telling everyone that we'd 
had like this fling and that he I'd given him my number. Yeah, and then I went back to school and I saved his number in my phone as my own number and then was texting myself texts from him and showing my friends being like, oh my God, see me and Lewis like hanging out. And then I think I maybe even went as far as to say that I like met up with him. But it's because it was around the time when everyone was starting to like date people and I had a crush on in the year above. And it was just a really easy way to And it was in. the quickest way I could think of to be like, see? Get everyone off your back. <laughs> it was quite a whopper. Like I went to, I, I went to some... That's lengths. To mm. some lengths, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being so scared about people finding out that it wasn't true. Because that's the thing with lies. They will, they will you weigh you down. Because I'm re- really bad at lying. I mean, I'm, I think I'm probably good at the kind of social lubrication lies, the ones that are like yeah, to yeah. make to make you feel better about your bad haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she said, looking saying, at me. Marika, you've had loads of good haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but when I've tried to lie, I feel like you've seen me try yeah, to lie. Yeah, and like, you suck. I'm so bad. There's one incident from school that I will never live down. I'll never forget it. Marika and I were in a queue at school and uh, yeah, I let one slip. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I know it I was. It was one of those farts that you just don't even know is coming. You don't have time to even <laughs> yeah. try and brace yourself or keep it in. And it was a terrible fart. And I, <laughs> I knew the minute it, it happened that I was in trouble. Yeah. And Marika looked at me and she said, have you just farted? And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. There's like probably <laughs> boys I fancied left, right and centre. I was like, no. <laughs> at this point, you know, sweat, shakes. Yeah. She's looking at me. She's boring down into my eyes. Gina, don't lie to me. <laughs> Have you just farted? And I said, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> yes. And then... Five seconds later, oh, no, Marie. my other friend down the queue goes, oh my God, it stinks. Has someone farted? Marika shouts out, <laughs> Gina just farted. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. I have big regrets. <laughs> Apologies was A, you're too late. <laughs> but it stank. <laughs> no, shaving you know me. what that, that memory is quite fuzzy for me <laughs> but it is <laughs> because I was joking <laughs> there was a lack of oxygen to my brain <laughs> thank you for listening to episode L of A is 4 next week we will muscle in on memory muse on the Mary Celeste and measure up to Mensa and if you want to join us for more hijinks then please do follow our Instagram at A is 4 podcast Hey!